Good morning, Journey. I'm so glad you are worshiping with us today. You know, I think during this season that we're in, we're, we're all looking for some stability, some consistency. So much of our life has changed. Everything is different. And I think for a lot of us, we're, we're trying to find that consistency in our lives. Some of us have had to move our work to our home, so we're trying to figure out that piece and what does that look like. Parents are... Uh, educating their kids at home, partnering online with the schools. And so we've had to figure out what all of that looks like. Some of you are still going into a physical office, but that looks different too. Traffic is different. The workspace is different. The interaction is different. Everything's different. That, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. And we're, we're all trying to figure out maybe the rhythm. Maybe that's the right word. What's What's the new rhythm to the way life is supposed to work? Because everything's different. Grocery shopping's really different. When you go to the grocery store, it's a, it's a whole new feel. Communicating with people, even the people we're close to, is very different than it was just a couple of months ago. Family life is different. Uh, I've told you before, most of you know, I have two college students and a high school junior. And I'm seeing a lot more of them than I expected to see this semester. And that's great for me as their dad. I love the fact that I'm seeing so much of them. Uh, I don't know that it's so great for them that they're seeing so much of me during this season. But everything's different. And then there's extended family that we're not seeing as much. We're trying to Zoom. We're trying to make phone calls. So we're all kind of trying to figure out what is this new way? What is this new rhythm? And I think for a lot of us, we're not quite sure that we found it. We're not quite sure what this is supposed to be like or that we're in the right spot at the, or that we're running at the right pace. Uh, some of us, uh, in general, are very structured people and, and others of us are very freewheeling people. But I, I think... All of us have discovered through the season that we're in that we all like a little bit of structure. We, we all like for things to, to have some consistency to them, some boundaries, some parameters uh, around our life, around our, um, our day-to-day. You know, we used to complain about Mondays, but at least Monday felt like Monday. And Friday felt like Friday. And Sunday felt like Sunday. For a lot of us, every day just seems like a day, right? It, today is day day. And yesterday was day day. And tomorrow is going to be day day. It's that, kind of that Groundhog's Day feel. Every day, one right after the other, it just feels the same. And, and trying to find some, some guidance, some parameters, some rhythm, uh, you know, in a, in a band, it's the drummer primarily that provides a sense of tempo, a sense of feel, a, a sense of rhythm. Uh, we just worshiped with our worship band. And, and primarily, it's the drummer that establishes this is the tempo, this is how fast we're going. And then all of the other players and singers, they just sync up with that established pattern, that established Rhythm. Without that, without that sense of rhythm, 
some musicians will start playing a little faster, and some musicians will start playing a little slower, and some will play a slightly different groove, a, a slightly different feel. And then before you know it, everybody's just kind of out of sync. Bands depend on that consistent rhythm. And, and I think we're sensing in our day-to-day lives that some of that's missing. We're missing some of that steady tempo, that, that guard rail that, that keeps us moving forward. Uh, if you remember uh, the car rides at Six Flags and at Disney World, well, first of all, do you remember Six Flags in Disney World, they were theme park. There were these huge theme parks. We all used to go to them. And we would go to them with thousands and thousands of people we didn't even know. And we would stand in line right next to people we didn't know, sometimes for an hour waiting to get on a ride. And we didn't know if the person in front of us had a fever. We didn't know if they'd recently had a cold. We didn't know any of that. We, we moved through queue lines. You remember what those were way long time ago when we used to go to theme parks? We would hold on to rails as we were in the queue line that hadn't been sanitized since the Carter administration. You remember theme parks, Disney and Six Flags? Well, Disney and Six Flags, they both have a car ride uh, at, at Six Flags over Georgia. It's, it's the old-timey cars. They call it the Hanson cars. Uh, at Disney World, it's the Tomorrowland Speedway. It's the little race cars. But they're designed the same. There's a track that you drive around, and you can really drive the car. You can turn the wheel, and the, the front wheels respond. You can go back and forth. But you know how the ride works. There's a, a metal rail between the tires that controls how far left or right you can go. Like you, you can't get way off the track. You can't get totally out of sync because there's a rail that's keeping you moving in the right direction even if you bump into it occasionally. It feels like right now we're missing those rhythms and rails to our lives. We're, we're missing that order in our life. Now, in spite of the fact that we're a little out of sync uh, in our life, there are constant examples of consistent rhythms. Nature is one of them. Nature responds according to a consistent rhythm. It's, it's why we can make weather predictions with some degree of accuracy. We, we can predict how hot and cold it's going to be tomorrow. We can predict when we should expect rain. The weather patterns work according to certain predictable Rhythms, and we see that. Seasons are another one of those. Have you noticed that the coronavirus did not stop spring from coming? Thank goodness. At least we've been able to enjoy some beautiful days recently. Dodge some storms and some showers, but, but we have been able to enjoy some absolutely beautiful days. And the coronavirus is not going to keep summer from coming. That rhythm is going to continue very steady, very consistently. Now, it may impact our vacation plans for summer. Our, our spring break plans may have been canceled. But spring and summer and fall and winter themselves are not impacted by what we're going through. They're a very steady, predictable, consistent rhythm. 
I, I don't know how you felt. I, I don't love doing yard work. Um, I like it when yard work has been done. When it's over and the grass looks nice and the the bushes are trimmed and everything's been raked and the yard looks great, I like that moment. The the neighbors don't complain as much when our yard looks like that. But I don't pop out of bed on on Saturday morning thinking, I can't wait to cut the grass today. That's not me. Maybe that's you. But over the last, I don't know, four to six weeks since the grass has started growing and the bushes have needed trimming, It's been something that I could do that felt normal. Maybe you have some of those. Maybe cutting the grass is one of those. It felt normal. I would normally be doing this even if there wasn't a coronavirus. This is what life is supposed to be. It's supposed to have this normal rhythm to it. Seasons provide that for us. Solomon, over in the Old Testament, the book of Ecclesiastes, He addresses this. Uh, We've studied this poem before. That's what it is in Ecclesiastes 3. As a matter of fact, the first Sunday in January, we talked about seasons of life. Little did we know or anticipate the season we'd be in right now. But we looked through this particular poem. I want to go back and just read the first two verses to kind of set up where we're going in this series. Here are the words of Solomon in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot. Solomon says there are seasons to our life and one of those seasons is a time to plant. Now, physically, according to the seasons, we are in that time right now and and maybe you're planting bushes in your yard maybe you're planting a flower garden maybe you're planting a vegetable garden an herb garden maybe you have been doing some planting because Solomon was right in Ecclesiastes 3 there is a time to plant there are seasons when planting is most optimal we're in one of those right now and 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 this may be a good time to consider whether it's a time to plant in our personal lives and in our spiritual lives, not just vegetables and and fruit trees and, and flowers, not just planting in nature, but maybe this is a time, this is a season of growth. That's what I'm praying. That's what I want to talk to you about in May, that maybe God has given us this time specifically as a season for growth in our lives, a season for spiritual growth, a season for personal growth, even a season for relational growth. And, and if we're, if we're going to maximize the time to plant that I think this is, then we're going to need to understand some things about planting and about growth. For example, the first thing is we need to understand there are predictable seasons when we're more likely to grow. That's what Solomon was saying. There are times when you should plant because it's the best season for growth. Now, we should always be growing. Spiritually, we should be growing. Personally, we should be growing. It it should be a constant in our lives, but 
I think if we evaluated our life, we look back on our life, we would admit there were seasons of accelerated growth. There were seasons when I took huge steps of personal growth or of spiritual growth or when my marriage really moved to a much better place, a much better level. There, there are seasons of accelerated growth even though there should be some growth all the time. There is a time to plant. Now, I was thinking about that this week. What are those seasons of accelerated growth? When do I tend to grow the most? I came up with two. Maybe there's more, but here are the two that I want to talk about today. We grow when there is great possibility and potential. When we see... The potential for growth, when we see the possibility for some great opportunity out in front of us, we tend to want to grow. And, and because we want to grow during those seasons, we tend to grow. When we realize, and, and we come to these stages in our life, sometimes we realize, you know, if I just finished my degree... If I just went back and got that other certification, if, if I just got one more license, if I could just pass this test, then that would open up a whole new world of opportunities to me. I would, have, I would have some new job opportunities. I would have some new leadership opportunities. I would have new opportunities within my organization or I would be more marketable to other organizations. When we have those seasons where we see potential, possibility, opportunity, we tend to want to grow. And, and therefore, we tend to grow. When, when our supervisor brings us in for an evaluation and says, hey, you're doing a great job, here's what I would say to you. If, if you could work on these two things right here, if you would make improvement in these two areas, I think there's opportunity for you to really advance in our organization. Well, we walk out of that meeting and we get to work on those two areas, don't we? Why? Because we see a real opportunity. We see real possibility in our future. And so we begin to grow. Uh, sort of the other extreme, we grow when there's great pain and pressure in our life. And, and again, if, if we're just honest and we look back at our life, I, I, I can't read your mind and I don't want to speak for you. But most of the people that I interact with and, and we talk about personal growth or we talk about trials or, or, or we talk about difficulties, we all have the same story. We say, I, I tend to grow most when there's the, great, the greatest pressure in my life. When I've had the, the greatest disruption in my life, when, when I've felt the greatest pain or experienced loss or tragedy or setback, that initiated in my life a season of growth. Growth tends to come in two seasons, a time when there's possibility, I see opportunity, and I want to grow into that opportunity, and times when I feel pain and pressure. Guess what? I think we're living in a season where those two have converged. 
I think we're living through a season where potential impossibility and pain and pressure have converged in our world, in our personal lives. Uh, We obviously are experiencing the discomfort of having our whole world turned upside down. We're experiencing the pain and the pressure of something none of us have ever experienced before. We're walking through the potential of job loss. We're having to figure out how to do our job differently. How to rearrange our our, our daily schedule. How to manage everything that's happening. Keeping our eye on the economy and what's happening there. We're experiencing a time of pain and pressure. At the same time, many of us are also asking a really good question. We're asking the question, who am I going to be on the other side of this? What is life going to be like on the other side of this? Because I think this far in, we're, we're all realizing there are some things that aren't just going to go back to normal. There are some things that aren't going to be exactly the same. And so we begin to ask, okay, w- w- what's the potential for who I might be on the other side of this? We are living through the convergence of pain and, and possibility. And, and here's what I want to challenge you with over the next five Sundays, the Sundays in May. In this season of pain and possibility, we need to be planting. In this season, with the fertile soil of pain and possibility, you and I need to be planting for growth. We need to be getting ready for what God wants to teach us and show us in ways that he wants to grow us through this season of our life. Now, disclaimer, I'm not suggesting that everybody needs to go get another college degree during this time. You you should be working on another degree or I'm not suggesting everybody should be writing the great American novel You should come out on the other side of this with some huge project that you completed during quarantine. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not trying to add pressure to an already pressure-filled season. But I want to challenge you not to just kind of drift through this season either. Don't just kind of go along with the the flow of this season. Don't, Don't settle for status quo. Because I believe this is a time to plant. This is a time to ask God, God, what do you want to do in my life through this? What should I be putting in the ground right now that's going to bear fruit on the other side of this? Paul addressed this issue of, uh, he called it sowing and reaping. One one of the places he discussed that was Galatians chapter 6. Paul writes, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Paul was fond of this sowing and reaping analogy. Jesus often used farming analogy. Uh, for one, because everybody in his audience understood it. Okay? Not as many of us are farmers as, as the crowd that Jesus was speaking to, but we all understand 
planting and harvesting. We know what that's like. We have gardens and, 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 and we, we have bushes that have to be trimmed. In our yard. I mean, we get the concept. The, the other reason I think Jesus uses this analogy is because it applies to everyone. This idea of planting and harvesting, sowing and reaping, it applies to you whether you're a believer in Jesus or not, whether you believe the Bible or not, whether you would call yourself a Christian or not. The concept of sowing and reaping is true of your life, whether you admit it or not. This principle of sowing and reaping, planting and harvesting applies to everyone. So as we start this study, as we start this new series, let me just give you some general principles around the idea of planting. Principles of planting. Here's the first one. We reap what we sow, only what we sow, and only if we sow. We reap what we sow, only the things that we sow, and only if we actually sow, if we plant. No one plants tomatoes and gets pineapples. That, that's not how life works. That's not how it works for you if you call yourself a Christian or if you don't call yourself a Christian. Life works the same. You don't plant tomatoes and get pineapples. Nobody plants a rose bush and then gets azaleas. We reap whatever we sow. We harvest whatever we plant. Paul said, you can't plant to your flesh, like immoral desires, fleshly, worldly desires. You can't plant towards that. You can't sow towards that and then reap the good, righteous life of Christ. You can't do that. You, you reap whatever it is you sow. We, we can't sow laziness and reap discipline doesn't work that way. Nothing works that way. We can't sow financial mismanagement in our personal lives and reap financial security. No, whatever you plant, that's what's coming out of the ground. That's what you're going to harvest. We reap what we sow. We reap only what we sow. And we reap only if we sow. Look, you can, you can have a plot of ground. You can till it up. You can water it. You can put fertilizer on it. But it doesn't matter how long you watch it, it's not going to produce fruit. It's not going to produce vegetables. It's not going to produce a crop until you put something in the ground. You have to invest. You have to sow. Sometimes you have to sacrifice in order to get a harvest. We reap what we sow. We reap only what we sow. And we reap only if we sow. A harvest does not magically appear. It does not magically grow out of the ground. Not in nature and not in your life, personally or spiritually. What we want to grow out of our life, we have to plant in our life. Uh, another principle of planting. We produce <clears throat> what we plant. Sort of the same concept, but, but I, I, want you, I want you to think of it, sowing and reaping is like the consequences that come to me, but planting and producing are the consequences that other people see. Right? Both of those are happening. There are consequences that come to me because of what I've planted, but there's also fruit that I'm bearing 
There's a, a harvest that I'm bearing that goes out to other people and impacts them. They experience it. They see it. We produce what we plant. Therefore, the result of my life today it has come from everything I've been planting up to this point. My life today is the result of what I have been planting in the past, and I'm experiencing the harvest now of what I've planted in the past. And, and yes, I know sometimes you want to push back and say, well, you can't control everything in your life. I can't control everything that happened to me. You're, you're absolutely right. I'm just saying, let's not use that as an excuse because that's a really small part of our life. That's a small part of who we're becoming. I don't control everything that happens in my life. I do control how I respond to it. I, I do control the person that I am in the middle of whatever happened to me, whether I had control of it or not. So let's not use that as an excuse. Our lives today are the harvest. They're the result of whatever we've been planting up to this point. And if I want a different harvest, if, if I want different fruit... If I want a different crop in my life, then I've got to start planting different seeds right now. Here's the other thing, <clears throat> another principle of planting. What you produce tells me what you planted. At some point, what you're planting in your life right now becomes observable to everybody who knows you. Initially, the planting is not always observable. Uh, if you're one of those uh, hardcore gardeners and, and you started with seeds, you're awesome. Like you started months ago with a little seed bed in, in your house and, and that so, some, some, it began to sprout and then you transplanted those into a garden outside. Here's what I know. If I had come to your house right after you planted those seeds, I would have no idea what you planted. I would have no idea what was under the soil. I couldn't tell you what this harvest was going to be. Even now, I could come to your house, and because I'm not much of a gardener, I probably still couldn't tell what you've planted. Everything would look like uh, stems and stalks and green leaves to me, and some of the leaves are pointed and some of them are round, and some of the plants are taller than the other plants. That's probably about as much as I could tell about what you have planted right now. But if I come to your house 30 days from now or 60 days from now or 90 days from now, it would be absolutely clear to me what you planted today. 30 days from now, 60 days from now, 90 days from now, I will know exactly what you're planting today. You see, whatever we're planting, it doesn't stay hidden forever. Initially, it's hidden. Initially, we don't see it. Initially, from the outside, I can't tell what you're putting in your life. I, I can't tell whether you're wanting to grow, whether, whether you're putting the fruit of the Spirit. We'll talk about that later. Whether you're, whether you're putting the characteristics of Christ, whether you're planting those things in your life. I can't tell what you're doing today, but six months will tell me. A year from now will tell me. Uh, five years from now, will tell me. And the opposite is true as well, right? Eventually, you're going to know what I'm planting right now. 
Eventually, my life is going to demonstrate to you what I'm planting right now. You can't see it right now. It's below the surface. Right? It's, just, it's just beginning to sprout. You can't see it, but when the fruit comes out, you're going to know exactly what I've been planting. Another principle of planting. The harvest always comes after the planting. We know this. A rule of nature. We totally understand this. The harvest always comes after, and some, sometimes it's 60 days after, sometimes it's 90 days after, sometimes it's six months after. Right? Some, sometimes it's a long period of time between planting and harvest. But the harvest always comes after the planting. That's why some of us don't plant gardens. Right? Because we want to plant the vegetable at 10 o'clock in the morning and eat it with our dinner that night. We, we want to plant the apple tree at noon and have cobbler for dessert that night. That's not the way planting and harvesting works. We plant, and then long after we've planted, the fruit begins to come out of what we planted a long time ago. Right? Paul said it this way. We read it in Galatians. He said, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time... We will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Not right now, not immediately, not as soon as you plant it. This is, this is what causes some of us to get tired of the planting because we're not seeing fruit yet. Paul said, Look, you're not going to see fruit immediately. You're not going to immediately harvest a crop at the proper time. It's coming. All seeds are going to grow. It's going to produce a crop but you're going to have to wait for it. Don't let the fact that it's just one small seed today keep you from doing the planting right now. Don't let the fact that you're not immediately seeing results keep you from the growth that God wants you to experience during this season of your life. Now, the fact that the harvest comes after and sometimes well after we plant the seeds is also what causes some of us to plant bad habits, isn't it? It's what causes some of us to plant a crop that's not going to be that fun to harvest because we plant it and we don't experience an immediate negative consequence. Right? And the next day, we don't experience the consequence. And the next day, there's no harvest. And the next day, there's no consequences. But a month later, six months later, Five years later, ten years later sometimes, that seed that we planted bears fruit. Don't get weary. And don't fool yourself into thinking that the seeds you plant today won't be harvested at some time. Because it will. It'll bear a crop. So, So here's my question. As we look at this season that I think is ripe for planting. I think this is a time to plant. This is a time to grow. Yes, we're lacking rhythm and rails right now. We're lacking consistency. Everything's crazy right now. I think this is a perfect time for us to grow, for us to plant. So so here's my challenge question for you. What are you planting now that you'll harvest in the future? What, What are you planting? Just be honest. What are you planting in your life? What are you planting 
that's gonna give you the future that God wants for you? What are you planting now that you're gonna harvest in the future? And if you're not planting anything right now, let's get started. Or if you know that what you've planted up till this point is not gonna give you the harvest that you want, it's time to dig those up and to plant something new. It's time to start a new direction in your life. It's time to have a new rhythm in your life. It's time to plant the things that God wants put in your life so that you would experience a harvest. Uh, I know this is a season of pain and pressure. I know this is a season also of potential and opportunity. So let's plant. Let's grow through this season. Here's a prayer that I want to give you as we close. I just want us to begin to pray this prayer throughout this series. And the prayer is just simply, God, show me the seed and help me prepare the soil. Show me the seed. What do you want me to plant? It'd probably be a little bit different for you than for me and for other people. God has specific seeds for each of us that he wants us planting, specific ways he wants each of us to grow through this season. So I want you to pray for you. God, show me the seed I need to be planting in my life and then help me prepare the soil. Help me prepare my life. Help me prepare my heart for what you want to do. I am praying for us that this would not be a season of pause. This would not be a season just of disruption. This would be a season of growth. That we would see through this time, God was at work in us. He was changing us and growing us, deepening our roots. Let's grow together during this season. Let's grow together as as friends. Let's, Let's grow together as a church. Let's see how God wants to grow his work in the world through this season, which I believe, is a time to plant. Let's pray. God, thank you that there are specific seasons in our life where you accelerate the growth in us. And and most often, those are seasons of of big opportunity and great pressure and pain. We're living in that right now. We're living in that right now. There's opportunity, but there's pressure Everything is kind of upside down. We're, we're missing rhythms and, and rails that kind of keep us moving in the, the right direction. So let us take the fertile soil of pain, pressure, potential, and possibility, and let's plant deeply the seeds that you want to grow in our lives. Let this be a season of growth for our lives individually, for our lives as a church. May we grow. Pray it in Jesus' name, amen.